What's up, mortals? This is Mortality Minded, where we explore life, death, and whatever's next through culture, science, personal growth, and more. I'm your host, Thomas Gaudio. Today I'm speaking with Richie from Brooklyn, New York, a musician and soon-to-be recovery coach for substance abusers for my Mortal Chat series of wide-ranging conversations about mortality and its corollaries with people from various backgrounds. Richie and I dug into the vehicular roots of his growing mortality awareness, his acceptance of the pandemic as a normal feature of existence, why he doesn't feel especially mortality-minded even though he's a black man in America, and other topics, including the ninja-like critter he'd want to return as if he were reincarnated after death, and his Fight Club-inspired rationale for wanting to haunt someone he knows if he were to come back as a ghost. Afterward, as usual, I'll share my daily mantras with you, so stick around for a dose of mortality-minded motivation. See ya on the other side. So yeah, actually, let's go back to this this idea of being mortality-minded, because when I reached out to you, you said you've been feeling especially mortality-minded lately. So Mm -hmm. what, what did you mean by that? I've been more focused on... Well, first, firstly... More frequently do I contemplate um, death, more frequently do I remind myself of the impending uh, moment. And more frequently I've been visualizing it. Just in line with the, uh, the traditions like Buddhism that um, emphasize, you know, visualizing it, accepting it, um, making your peace with it, understanding that uh, death is not an end. But generally, I guess, for more practical purpose, just contemplating it, I've been saying just it's very motivating, very motivating. And when you really feel it, like when you really feel it, it's a visceral feeling. And it, it, it at least for me, it, it's empowering. Yeah. I don't always have that visceral feeling, but there are times when I do, and it's just like, it's like a punch in the face or a punch in the chest that kind of just wakes you up. No? <laughs> What's the, the thought process in that moment? Like, what are you actually, you're just envisioning not being here, the process of dying itself? Like, what are you thinking about? Well, I have like two incidents. I guess it was like December, January, those two incidents happened. Well, I, I foresaw I could have either died or been severely crippled, right? Damn. And I, I think that severely crippled thing for myself would be like a death itself. So, so I'm so physically active sort of person. So Yeah. But <laughs> first time I almost was, I guess, run over by SUV. I, I just spaced out while I was crossing the street. Wow. And, and that's, that's so important, too, because... That's something I think about a lot now too. I don't want to go too far on the tangent, but it's just the uh, the imminence of it, man. Like you could just have a moment where you just your awareness just slips, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And dang, that moment was actually a defining moment. The second time I was almost hit by like a 
and the New Jersey uh, light rail. <laughs> oh, damn. I was, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been on the light rail. Yeah, once or twice, yeah. Yeah, they don't really have any um, railings and uh, there's no real separation between, like there's, when you're crossing over the uh, track to go into, you know, the city or whatever, yeah. It's not raised or anything. It's flat with the, you know, the ground. Yeah. You kind of just walk over it. And I've, I walked in front of, I was walking and I don't know, luckily the light rail gave off the, the, the bell. I was like a foot away from taking the next step. And then it just started, you know, moving in front of me. One or two seconds, I would have been hit by it. Wow. It rang that bell and I was just, I just stopped. I just immediately stopped walking. But that's something I just carry with me. Um, that first, that first incident with the uh, SUV, I was in bed, and I was just I spent a good deal of time just thinking about it. Like, man, and I spent time like imagining myself being like run over, my mangled body on the ground. Oh, I had the whole scene in my head. I wanted to really visualize it. Yeah. To see, you know, to see how I felt about it. But that morning was was defining for me. So, you know, I have a thing that I say occasionally. Uh, I'm like, I can die today. I can die tomorrow. Very simple. Just reminders to myself. Mm -hmm. Basically, since then, you know, I've been very mortality minded. And, you know, I'm very spiritual regardless. So I'm always taking in this information about, you know, the nature of reality and the nature of existence. So... It's just always on the forefront of my mind. So it just keeps me grounded and it keeps me uh, moving forward and it keeps me <laughs> wanting to, making an attempt every day to, you know, move a little bit forward and try to get the most out of the day. Yeah, yeah. Now, it's a lot of work to be done on that front, but, you know, the intent is there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what you said resonated with me on a few different levels because a couple of years ago, I almost got hit by a car too. It was an evening and I was crossing the street and, and I had the light, but it was blinking red, whatever, 10, 15 seconds left. And it was raining out and I had my umbrella and uh, this car was making a left coming right for me and slammed on the brakes. And I didn't notice it at first because I, I had the light and I was like, just, you know, I had the umbrella up. So like my peripheral vision was kind of blocked. And I just, I basically saw it at the last second and like heard the, the slamming of the brakes. And like, I just jumped back and put the umbrella down. Like the umbrella was going to do anything. It was like just an instinct, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> and uh, like, I mean, the car had to be like 10 feet away from me. And, uh, you know, yeah, I just had one of those moments, man, that, like you had where I just was, it was surreal. Like everything was like, like the adrenaline's pumping. Everything's like shining even brighter now because it's raining out and like the colors are vivid. It was a very bizarre, surreal experience. So I feel you on that. And um, I also like have developed a, I call, I call it like a mortality mantra that I say to myself every day that I've been saying to myself for the last few years. So I think those are, are very powerful thing you can do for yourself is, is to remind yourself because because we're so good at forgetting we're so good at hiding it at not talking about all this stuff right 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 so in the last few months as we all know there's been a lot of death there's been a lot of reminders of death 
due to the pandemic, due to the protests around, you know, related to George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery and others. So we're, we're kind of like inundated right now, I would say. So I'm curious about you. Has the pandemic affected you at all directly or indirectly? Like, what are your thoughts on that? I haven't had a direct, yeah, I haven't had a direct uh, connection to the band pandemic and uh, people that I've known who have passed. I mean, there's people who are in my life in certain capacities, not friends, or like fellow students and stuff who've had the virus. But um, any direct relationships that I have that have been touched by the pandemic and no. Um, But I have, you know, there's a lot of people telling me about their personal relationship to the pandemic and how many people have passed in their lives. So, Yeah. So has the pandemic changed the way you view life and death at all? Or is it you've incorporated it into your worldview and it's like, okay, this is just part of life. The pandemic hasn't really altered my perspective on anything, really. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I see it as a normal feature of existence. It's very hard for me to be like, uh, you know, frazzled by it. I mean, I'm just I'm just adjusting to it like anybody else would. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it hasn't really affected me on any sort of spiritual level or emotion, you know. Mm-hmm. deeply emotional level no i like i said i see it as a regular feature of existence i guess i've learned enough or explored enough history to where you know a lot of things just don't surprise me and i'm not the sort to get really moved on a certain level by things that happen you know so i mean the pandemic i mean it's massive yes it's chaos it's, this that but um i just i am very aware i'm in a very special time right now this is a very special time and i am moving accordingly i'm you know i have I've stopped watching the news when it first started happening i was like watching cuomo which thumbs up to him oh wait i don't want to endorse any political views let me take that thumb back <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm just bigging up the man himself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, gotcha. But um, yeah, I was paying more attention to it. Now I've just, for me, it's just been normalized. I have my mask when I go places, and I made those adjustments. I'm living my life as if things are practically normal. And when I can't do that because of restrictions, I adjust accordingly. So yeah. So you you phrase it as a normal feature of existence. And I 100% agree with that. There have been pandemics in the past, but not in our lifetime. It's been a long time since there's been something of this, of this magnitude. So I think that's, it's, it's caught a lot of people off guard in terms of that. Like there's one thing to read about it in a, in a book. Like I read about the 1918 pandemic. I, there's a great book called um, The Great Influenza actually. And it's about the 1918 flu pandemic and the ways in which devastated our, you know, the U.S. and the world, like 50 to 100 million people died, and it kind of was um, one of the, one of the, the the main things that uh, promoted and helped evolve medicine and science in the U.S. and, and globally because we didn't have vaccines yet, we didn't have 
a lot of th- a lot of things we take for granted in the healthcare system today, like we actually were actually developed in response to that that pandemic. But it's a, it's one thing to read about all this stuff, right? It's another thing to actually experience it. You know, because um, I've thought about this before, and I wonder how I would feel if uh, you know I don't have a lot of those direct um, impacts, you know, in my life with people passing around me and. I have my teacher, man, himself said about 46 people he's known who have passed uh, since the uh, pandemic began. Like 46, I mean, wow. I mean, for me, it's zero personally. Yeah. And the the church I was associated with for a certain project, they give out emails when it comes to the people who who pass in the church. And I was surprised how frequently I was getting emails uh, this funeral, this funeral, this funeral, this person, and people that I, I did know personally just through the project that we did. I was like, oh, my God. Um, so abrupt, and it was just insane to me, insane. I mean, that has probably been more impactful for me because it's hit me personally versus the pandemic. The pandemic has claimed millions of lives already, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's just the relationship of it. Is it touching you very personally or not? Yeah. So, I mean, so I say what I say casually, but I, I mean, I could react, be reacting very differently. I mean, it's still going on too. You know, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know who's going to be, who's um, going to disappear from my life because of it. So I'm just very aware my casual approach to it is just based off of, uh, my lack of a personal connection to it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes could sense. Be a large part of it. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, you know, like, like we're both very well aware, man, like anybody could die at any moment. It's just that this is, you know, and, and everyone who's died during the pandemic will, have, you know, at some point would have died anyway, but it's just that it's, it's a very large amount of people in a very short amount of time, you know, based on this, this viral outbreak. So it's, yeah, for some people, I think it's like they're still just um, getting their heads around it, and other people are, you know, yeah, it's all everyone's different, man. Everyone reacts to things differently, and it comes from a different perspective. So, I understand, man. I hear you. I hear you. So let's switch gears for a bit. As someone who, who in some form, identifies as African American, do you feel maybe more mortality minded than you would if you were if you were not an African? African-American man? Um, on that front, again, no. And that's only just through uh, my life experiences that I've never, you know, I have I had to think about this too. Just the many things I've been involved in, I have to think about it, and look back at my life and see how personally uh, racism has affected me. My parents are Jamaican, Jamaican immigrants. Mm-hmm. And this is just a different history when it comes to the black people in, I mean, the Caribbean, the Caribbean generally. Basically, there is American slavery, and then there was non-American slavery, which could take different forms too, but American slavery was uh, very unique. So my parents and that, the, their history in Jamaica is uh, very different when it comes to the Afri- African experience. But anyways, they didn't 
speak on on uh, they couldn't speak on. Actually, they they could have they could have spoken on it, but they just didn't speak about any um, incidents they may have gone through. They didn't speak about African American history mm. in our household, so I grew up largely ignorant of it. My only contact with it was with like uh, friends who were African American and their parents, you know. Yeah. And just general education, which is limited on the subject, anyways. Right. Yeah. But. So I grew up disconnected from that experience, firstly. Mm-hmm. And um, when it comes to personal experiences, like with police and things like that, or like I was saying, um, this racism touching me personally, I, it's very hard to see how it has. Though I can see indirectly how it could have affected my how, life. How so? But direct experiences have not really... Um, I've been very blessed. Yeah. And... I don't feel like a target and I don't think that way. I don't walk like that. I don't walk that way. Um, that's not my, uh, my point of view. Yeah. But I see, I can understand other people's point of view. Yeah. I grew up in the environment. I grew up in the hood. I grew up in East New York, Brooklyn. Yeah. And through learning, learning about the history and through listening to other people, and their experiences, I can understand the point of view. It's a point of view that I don't personally have. I don't have the personal experience, but I understand the history and I understand, you know, I have friends and just people I know who've gone through it. So, hmm. but going back to the question, you, uh, it hasn't affected me uh, or like arouse any more mortality minded thinking than is normal for me. Right. You know, I don't feel like I've walked, I've walked through my life as a black man, not feeling like a target. Yeah. And I continue to, it is like I am in a, a bubble or something because racism doesn't seem to come my way. It is what it is. Hmm. I would love to meet up with you another time and just, and just shoot the shit about that because that, that to me is really interesting perspective. Yeah, I, I, I know, I know. And I, I know it will require a separate conversation. There's very little I can express in a few words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's complicated. So, I, I, I guess I'll leave it at that. Yeah. All right, moving on. W- would you want to know when and how you'll die? Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, actually, you know what? Hold on. You know, when I think about it, and it's because, okay, this book I read, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, Michael Singer, The Untethered Soul. No, uh, not familiar with it. Well, there's a chapter in the, in the, in the back of it, it's a very short chapter on death and basically preparing yourself for death and being aware of death. But he says... Um, death gives brings meaning to life mm-hmm. and has this beautiful, beautiful quote. It's like scarcity. Um, scarcity is what makes a simple rock a rare gem. Mm-hmm. If you can put a, uh, a limit on your life and you, you have a clear sense of when you're going to pass, it does create a sense of scarcity. Like, you know, your time is limited. Mm. And then it adds this incredible meaning to your life. Like 
I know you think about people who go through near-death experiences who had this monumental change or you go or people who are terminal and they're just like trying to get the, the most out of the, the time that they have left. I'm like, yeah, death brings meaning to life. And I think if I did know, I would be living totally differently. I'll be speeding up my pro- my, my progress. <laughs> so I don't know. I think uh, maybe, I don't know, it's mixed feelings with that one. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a tough one. It's a tough question, man. What would you? How about you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. My 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 instinct (laughs) my my instinct is, is is yes. I think I would, man, because like, right, it's a whole different perspective if it's tomorrow or if it's 40 years from now. Right. And, and there's uh, something deeply unsettling about knowing or the idea of knowing. But I feel like that's, could there be any more valuable information in the world than that? I feel like just in terms, like we live in such an information driven society. Is there anything more value? Would there be anything more valuable to know in life than that? I don't know. Mm. Wow. I like that one. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's tricky, man. It's tricky. Well, your quote earlier when you were talking about the idea of death brings meaning to life. It speaks to the greater the greater idea of like what does it all mean? What does death mean? What does life mean? It becomes this kind of like closed loop system where it's like if death brings meaning to life and life brings meaning to death, then um, what's the point? Yes, that that is true. That death brings meaning to life, but what is for what greater purpose though? Right now, I guess clearly define meaning and how I mean meaning. Because yeah. I don't see meaning as a broader purpose because I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that can ever be known. Yeah. Like a plan or an objective or, right. Right. you know, that broader purpose to it. What does it all mean? I have no clue. Right. But if I'm aware of that moment when I'm going to pass, then each and every day is going to be precious to me. Mm-hmm. And it just has more value to me and they have more meaning to me on a personal level. Hmm. What if you were to get more days, but in another life? Meaning, if you were to be reincarnated, who or what would you want to come back as and why? A squirrel, man. Gotta be a squirrel. Unfortunately, I haven't seen any squirrels today. But uh, most definitely a squirrel. And it's not an exotic creature. They're everywhere. But, uh, man, they fascinate me. Why? They're so agile. They they have... I re, I've only seen one time a squirrel uh, predated on by a hawk. Like, one time. Squirrels, uh-huh. to me, seem to have uh, mastered their animal existence. <laughs> they very versatile when it comes to what they eat so they can always find food um they can avoid predators very easily 
Mm-hmm. No cats can't catch them. Hawks have a difficult time. <laughs> Birds prey. Uh, <laughs> dogs. I don't know if dogs are trying to eat them. I don't know what they're trying to do. <laughs> but yeah, no, they kind of mask their existence, and they're like to me, they're ninjas. And you right. watch them go on telephone wires and like up trees and jump across trees, and oh man, I want some of that, man. <laughs> I want some of that. <laughs> One lifetime. That's all. I'm getting my because I'm you know I'm very physical and I feel like a monkey and I'm like okay monkeys are cool but squirrels are just way more agile all right that's how I feel than a monkey you think so I I feel like a monkey would be more agile no I don't know no I mean they right, we'd have to do a side by side man <laughs> I mean monkeys swing through trees and they but man I've seen squirrels do some things man. And they could be ing- aggressive with humans. That, I haven't really seen that. you never seen that? I've seen them like swiping at other squirrels, especially when food's involved, but I haven't really seen squirrels. Like I thought squirrels to me have been like the most jolliest creature I've seen. I see. But I mean, that's news to me. Hey, <laughs> I, I've never seen that sort of aggression with humans. No, I haven't. I wouldn't say it's common. I don't see it, but I've seen it every once in a while. And it's kind of disconcerting. Like I'm thinking about (laughs) this one time when I walked by a squirrel, it was on a fence and, or maybe I just perceived it as aggression because it, because it didn't, it didn't recoil from me. It just stood its ground. And like now this is looking at you, right? Oh yeah, dude. It was eye level with me. And like, I'm like this, I don't feel safe right now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like I'm five feet away from this thing and it's like it could just jump on my face and claw my eyes out like this thing had no fear I'm like yeah. why isn't this thing afraid of me right now and it's just like staring me down yeah. like, I'm like fuck okay I gotta I gotta move on <laughs> yo you could have had a mental disorder man you could have been one of the squirrel psychopaths of the a sociopath we're not the only ones with mental disorders <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. Yeah, maybe maybe he was off his bed or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> he got that spoiled nut. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, oh, man. Okay, if, uh, if you were to write your own obituary headline, let's say, what, what would you, what would it read? What would you want to say? Richie, uh, he he came he saw he honored life bang damn nice well done man i'm not about titles he was this he was that blah 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 he did this nope i'll keep it just like that i appreciate that um All right. This probably maybe be like the last question. <laughs> if if you were, if yeah, you I'm could, on six percent battery, man. Okay, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're almost done. If you were a ghost, who would you who would you haunt and why? Would you would you want to come back? If, if or if you were reincarnated as a squirrel and you had your memory of, of your life as Richie, would you want to mess with anybody either as a ghost or as a squirrel or what? Who are you coming back for? Oh, <laughs> oh, how, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would haunt somebody. Somebody <laughs> you just so just a very frightful person scare very easily uh, i would i would scare her into changing her life oh yeah 
because the best changes come with the, uh, the strongest emotion. So I would scare the shit out of her to get her to change her life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was like Fight Club. Have you seen, you seen Fight Club? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he goes to the clerk and he puts a gun to his head, uh, the clerk at the convenience store mm. puts a gun to his head. He's like, Raymond, well, what do you really want to be? I want to be a better veterinarian. Well, you're, you're a convenience clerk right now. What are you doing to become a veterinarian? The guy's going off and he's like, if you don't, if you're not on the road to become a, veg, a veterinarian in six months, Raymond, I will kill you. I have your license. I will come to your house and I will kill you. And he was trying to save this man's life. He's trying to give him a life that he can, that was worth living. Yeah. I will scare the shit out of this person <laughs> to get them to change their life. Yep, I hear you. So anything else you want to talk about that we didn't touch on you think is important? I just say, uh, live life, guys. Live life fully. I guess more of a sign-off. Yeah. Come see and honor life. And honor death. Honor death. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Richie. If you want to connect with him, he's on Instagram at O, as in the letter O, underscore R-I-C-H. I E underscore O as in the letter O again. So that's O underscore R I C H I E underscore O. I'll link to his Instagram account in the show notes. Now I want to take some time to share my daily mortality mantras with you. I developed the first one a few years ago. It goes like this I will die and I could become severely ill and or disabled. One or more of these state changes could happen or start happening right now, decades from now, or at any moment in between. So I will make the most of whatever time I have left while I'm still healthy and breathing. The second one is a saying in Italian from my grandmother, who died in 2019 at the age of 102. She would say it to me and other members of my family whenever we needed to hear it most. And it's something I repeated back to her over and over again, just a few hours before she died, as potential travel advice, just in case she was going somewhere. It goes like this. Ordina al tuo destino di essere bello e tale sarà. It means... Command your destiny to be beautiful, and it will be. I say both of them to myself every day, usually after the roughly 30 to 60 second ice cold shower I take each morning, shortly after getting out of bed to help wake my groggy ass up and start the day off right. I hope these matches help you as much as they help me. All right, that's a wrap for now. Join me in exploring mortality and everything that follows from it by subscribing to Mortality Minded wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find episodes and other content on mortalityminded.com. If social media is your thing, I'm at Mortality Minded on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Or if you want to kick it old school, email me through connect at mortalityminded.com. Let me know what you think of this episode and others by rating and or commenting on them. Your feedback is much appreciated and goes a long way in helping make the show better for everyone involved. You, 
the guests, and me alike. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, stay mortality-minded. <laughs>